0: Hey, what's up Surf Splendor listeners, your host David Scales here with you for the 100th episode of Surf Splendor. Let's give a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you to the listener. Um, <clears throat> I don't have anything big planned in terms of celebration, but I do want to acknowledge you know, that it is 100 and I want to acknowledge the listener's role in the show something i've talked about in early shows haven't really touched on it too much recently maybe in the last year but you know it's like uh we create the content you guys distribute tell your friends blah 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 but also um a lot of the guests that we've had on this show came through direct recommendations of a listener or by referral of the listener and then that guest referred me to a different guest and um it's it's just kind of had a snowball effect and there's no real way to identify all the moving bits in the arms other than just that it's a snowball that's picked up momentum and it's picked up snowflakes along the way. And um, so without you know giving individual names, I'm just shouting out to everybody that I'm grateful for your collaborative effort. And I am also um, proud of the work that I've done with the show. Um, you know, I, I just, I feel proud of it. I feel proud, um, passing it along to people, you know, when I run into people and kind of we connect the dots and it's like, oh, go listen to the show and they can go into the archives and listen to a show 20 episodes ago. And I'm not worried about what I said or what it was or whether the production quality was up to snuff. I mean, certainly some are better than others, but you know, I'm proud of it as a whole. I think that, uh, my original objective with this show was, um, to foster an environment for storytelling. Conversations about surfing was kind of the, the tagline, but really storytelling is the theme. So whether Scott and I are riffing in this episode about um, whatever it is, surfboards or the Billabong Pro, you know, story plays into that, and I'll try to reference um, stories in my life or whatever, but also in longer profile pieces, you know, trying to get the, um, the interview subject to tell story, and um, I think that that's kind of what drives the engine here, it, what drives the things that I'm interested in, whether it's music or um, books or movies, you know, story is key. So I think this is a great, great platform to really um, uh, unpack story because it's long form and it's, it's somewhat intimate, you know, in that you're listening to it. And um, so I'm proud of it. I'm saying, um, a lot. I don't know why, but I'm proud of the show. I'm grateful for you listening and thank you for being here for 100. If you're new to the show, go through the archives and listen, everything's on our, um website surfsplenderpodcast.com for free. The past fifty episodes are available on your podcasting app, whether it's iTunes app or Stitcher or whatever. So um enjoy all that stuff for free and uh share it with your friends as always. All right. Billabong Pro Tahiti is wrapping up. It's actually going into the final right now as I'm recording this intro. Um Jeremy Flores and Gabriel Medina. So pretty psyched. I'm really impressed by Jeremy Flores. I did not put him on my fantasy team specifically because he's coming off of this injury. But man, he's really proven us wrong. And so is Sally Fitzgibbon with her um, head injury or ear rupture. You know, she's been wearing a helmet winning contests. So kind of interesting there. But at any rate, I hope that you enjoyed that comp. Scott and I get into it just briefly in this episode. So... Enjoy this episode. I will be back at the end to sign us off. Thanks.
1: Hell yeah, David Lee Scales. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, guy down the line, Surf Talk Radio. It is Tuesday. It is August 25th. And David Lee Scales and Scott Bass with you here discussing surf this morning on our downline podcast slash surf news
0: rocking and rolling this morning dude
1: dude that used to be the um that was the lead-in song for this radio show in the very beginning like say 2005 to 2008 that was our lead-in song wow iron maiden two minutes to midnight
0: wow well uh, anything's better than the Almond brothers oh you know, my god
1: <laughs> that is so wrong no, it's not you just overall. gonna start the show off with blasphemy across the bow absolutely all right
0: so not they're not overall better than the Almond brothers i'm just saying it's a breath of fresh air that is what i'm saying do
1: you listen to iron maiden are you an iron maiden no. connoisseur
0: i'm not but i do listen to the Almond brothers so right. for the record that would be my preference of the two but again Breath of fresh air occasionally is nice.
1: Iron Maiden, um, pretty damn good. I'll give you some insight about Iron Maiden. Oh, okay. To may or may not know. Enlighten me. The lead singer, Bruce Dickinson, was a gold medal or a fence, an Olympic fencing champion, and what fenced for the United Kingdom in the Olympics.
0: Crazy.
1: Yeah, he also is a seven forty seven pilot.
0: Fascinating.
1: And he flies the. Iron Maiden jet around the world That's to insane. different locations with all the band and all the, everybody, all the roadies, everybody on the 747.
0: It's a pretty sophisticated, he's, cultured
1: dude, dude for that type of music. He's incredibly smart, incredibly, uh, like, what's the term? I guess type A yeah. personality. He just gets stuff done. Right. So if you ever get a chance to, you know, I would urge you just Google um, – you know, an Iron Maiden video, a live video to see Bruce Dickinson and then realize that this guy's an Olympic fencing champion, thrusting and parrying. Right. And that he flies 747s and he does a lot of other things too on top of that. This guy's a go-getter.
0: I mean, it's just such a disparity between Iron Maiden, like fencing is such a lily-white O- old kind of traditional sport and Iron Maiden is such the opposite of that I guess well I mean, he sings songs about it
1: I mean does he I mean when you look you know the thing I love about Iron Maiden is that a lot of their music's based in history you okay. know like you think oh the guy's just a devil worshiper but it's actually you know he looks back on history and they write songs about history and um,
0: even Iron Maiden is a historical exactly, reference exactly, you know? exactly. interesting Well, wow. wow. I am enlightened maybe yeah. I need to start listening to the Maiden yeah you might need to um so I'm going to Instagram a photo right now with your approval.
1: <laughs> of me wearing my visor. Visorgate blew up on the internet. Hashtag visorgate.
0: Visorgate is real, dude. I mean, people are up in arms. They're taking sides. Are they really? Oh, yeah. I, and I hate to say I'm on the losing side of this debate.
1: Yeah, people are like, dude, let them wear a visor. What's the big deal? You're not even, do I not get to look at the thing? Or are you just pushing it live without my approval?
0: I'll let you see it. Uh, I got a bad are
1: my nostrils there. flaring like yeah. what did you get the good side of me? I got a good one. So this mm. is gonna go
0: out right now. All Instagram right. is at surf splendor by the way Scott's yeah. wearing a visor if you want to hear last week's or two weeks ago we had a show um, and I criticized Scott for wearing a visor in the surf by the way that was the criticism but I got a lot of flack people were taking sides I think you know, again most people agreed with you just like hey man let the guy do what he wants. my mom pulled me aside. She's like, David, I listened to that podcast. That was beneath you. I'm like, what are you talking about, mom?
1: That's, <laughs> Have you ever seen somebody right. wearing
0: a visor? It never has improved somebody's aesthetic ever. Thank
1: you, mom. I agree with you.
0: Here's my deal, dude. Yes. <laughs> Function is great, but you can wear a full cap. And that... I've seen guys look, or people improve their aesthetic with a full cap. The visor, on the other
1: hand, with this look at the flowing Norwegian mane. Are you going to deny me that look?
0: I don't know. I would call that flowing. people buy that's buy visors.
1: People buy visors with this hair that's fake hanging over it. Like they literally buy. That's this a look. novelty hat, though. It's I a joke to, to diff- make
0: their friends laugh.
1: I beg to differ. So they're covering up their bald spot.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so um, a couple of other follow-up things, real quickly. Yeah. Last night. I saw Straight Outta Compton. Yes, that film.
1: I've heard it's good.
0: Not only is it good, I had an epiphany. Wow. These so story Straight Outta Compton. For those who don't know, basically tells the story of the rap group N.W.A. who pioneered um, reality rap. You know, is what they called it. It was just like revolutionary at the time, but nobody quite got it at first. And they were paving the way, doing it for free for a long time. I was like, holy crap. Scott is Eze e and I'm Dr.
1: Dre. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) That was your epiphany?
0: Yeah. We are the NWA of the surf podcast world, dude.
1: (laughs) I don't know the story well enough to make any sort of opine on that. Well,
0: based on the information I just gave you, they pioneered this thing. Everybody, they kind of tried to pitch it to people, and people are like... Yeah, I don't know. I don't really listen to that. That's not really my thing, but good luck with it anyway. But they just kept plugging away until finally, bang, something happened. Nice. So I think it we're, was- We're right
1: at that tipping point. That point. Things for are going to happen for us here. We're doing it,
0: dude. I because like it. Because outside of the surfing world, other people have had success with podcasting, obviously. So the platform has proven. Yeah. We're just the first, we're the early adapters in the surf sphere. And so-
1: I've been doing it for 10 years.
0: That's why you're easy <laughs> e well, that and the jerry curl that you used to have back in the right. day, you know, well, of
1: course. You had to go um, there. Yeah.
0: But yeah, so I think we're that, and I'm I'm, All right. I'm, looking to really, I think one of your previous co-hosts might have been Ice Cube, because Ice Cube- Marty? Maybe. I'm not sure. You had a couple. <laughs> but Ice Cube basically left the band early, went off and did his own thing, had a lot of success, obviously. So oh. maybe Marty is that guy. Yeah,
1: Maybe that's Marty.
0: But I'll take the Dre role for sure. we am going to be Thomas. selling headphones to our listeners in 10 years from now. Nice. Beats by scales. straight out of wasp town
1: is what we're calling it (laughs) yeah both my children saw the movie teenage did they like it yeah Yeah. i said it was great nice yeah i saw vacation oh wow that was a funny ass movie was it really i enjoyed the heck out of it
0: oh wow because i like the vacation movies in general but the reviews for that were not well look
1: it's you know take all the you know most sophomoric um you know sort of clichés that you can find and then make a movie out of it. It's a little it is what it is. You're not yeah. it's not Martin Scorsese. No,
0: know? of course. It's Ed
1: Helms and Christina Applegate
0: equally valid though. I love that just as much as Scorsese.
1: Yeah, no, it, I mean the thing is with movie reviewers, right? Tell me if I'm wrong, but for especially comedies, they're they rarely get it. You know, yeah. you're not going to get Meryl Streep in a comedy doing some you know, she might be in a romantic comedy where they might give it some you know, yeah. positive reviews, but when you get, you know, Seth MacFarlane type comedy, there's rarely to the reviewers. You know, they don't yeah. want to be. They don't want to lower themselves to liking a comedy that's just about, you know, fart jokes. potty jokes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I agree in general that's true, but like um, they did review um, Trainwreck really well. For example, that new Amy Schumer movie. You know, that's done really well. And I, I heard. heard it's funny. Did
1: you see? I heard that that movie went on about. 20 minutes too long like at first it was like okay refreshing vagina humor mm-hmm. and then at the end you're you're kind of going okay she's done all the bits from right. her stand up or whatever you know right. she's kind of done it all and yeah. they kept going
0: right yeah
1: no. I, I think that's the case with most movies and surf video clips for that matter they, they tend to go a little too long good point speaking of which yes did you see Surfing Magazine did this thing called The Factory they did it yesterday they put it out yesterday
0: uh, I didn't watch yesterday I watched all the lead up to it they put out teasers over the last couple of months. Oh, did they? Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I just saw it randomly because, you know, it caught my eye because they were talking about what's your favorite music put to surf video oh, clips. Okay. And they pulled five like B list pro surfers, some you could maybe say were A minus list pro surfers. And they said, hey, what's the favorite music you want put to your clip? Right. And so, Yaden Nickel put Crystal, the song Crystal by New Order, to his video clip. Uh, Chippa Wilson, is that Chippa Wilson? Chippa. Chippa,
0: Chippa Mike. Chris Wilson, Chippa
1: Wilson. Chippa Wilson put a Black Sabbath song, Under the Sun, Every Day Comes and Goes. Um, Connor Coffin put this song by the band, King Harvest. Okay. Yeah, I can see you rolling your eyes at that one. No, I'm, I'm hip to it. <laughs> and then Yago Dora. Yeah. Excuse me, who's Yago Dora? I'm completely... Of course you are. Is he a B-lister or a C-lister? That says more about you than it says about Yago, by the way. No, I'm sure Yago rips just like a million other B-listers that are, you know.
0: Well, you haven't even mentioned his country of origin yet, which I thought
1: would have been your first point. (laughs) I'm assuming it's Australia. No, Brazilian. (laughs) Oh, Brazilian. Yeah. Well, he put uh, the song Shredder by Jeff the Brotherhood, but he kind of copped out because it was already put to a clip that some producer had done for him, some editor, and he just went, oh, this is my favorite clip. This is the music I like on yeah, this. Yeah. But he didn't so he didn't really put a clip a uh, music to a clip which I thought was kind of a cop M- out.
0: Most of these things by the way are done via text message while people are halfway around the world. So maybe, yeah. No, know. for sure it is. Yeah. No
1: no it isn't. And maybe a lot of them are like they didn't put the effort into create their own clip and put their yeah. own music to it. Maybe exactly. these are just clips that have already been in existence. I don't know.
0: Yeah, maybe he didn't understand whether it was that question or the previous question, so
1: but Surfing Magazine specifically asked several pros sure. to put their favorite music onto a surfing clip. So, in this order of those four, I listened to these and I thought that Yaden Nickel, in my opinion, gets number one with the song "Crystal" by New Order. It sort of mirrored the mus- the surfing that was going on. Yeah, it, it made sense, right? Um, number two was Yago. This song Shredder by Jeff the Brotherhood, which mm-hmm. was sort of this alt music it was kind of cool relative to his surfing clip.
0: That's the thing is it definitely depends on the surfer themselves and their style and their approach and all that. Music is uh, you, like you can't just transpose one song over a different surfer
1: there is one song that you can do that with yeah there's one song that you can put to any surfing and it works it is
0: Almond Brothers I'm sure it's
1: the Almond Brothers and it's the song Blue Sky yeah 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 you can put Blue Sky I knew you were going to say that because I've
0: seen you say that or I I saw you made a YouTube video about it I did I made
1: an entire horrible video clip about it yeah and
0: then you like pilfered other footage yes yeah I remember that pilfered
1: (laughs) I prefer to use uh, creative license as the term not pilfered whatever dude um and then number three was the Black Sabbath song that Chippa, Chippa Wilson, Mike he put to it. Connor's and coming in fourth. Connor, the band, King Harvest, like just didn't make sense. It's just it, what he's into today. That's what he was into. He's exactly. like, this is what I'm listening to, so I'm going to put it on my music. Yeah. I don't think he gave it much thought. Right. Put, I'm going to put it on my surfing clip, excuse me. Right. And it just didn't come out. But I'll let you look at that whenever you get well, a chance. You,
0: here's my thing. We've done a segment on this show, Best Song Ever, you know? and I Every think- time what
1: yeah we do it all the
0: time well we did for a long time we haven't right. done it in a year but i think like you'll see that a lot of times and stab magazine had like a stab fm and they'd ask a surfer what their song favorite list song list was and then they'd upload the playlist so you could listen to it i really think oftentimes that only serves to s- kind of gratify the person who is answering the question and much less the reader because it's like i read it hoping that he likes something similar that I like. And if he doesn't, I never actually take the time to listen to the songs like you did right now. Yeah. Um, I just kind of want my own interests to be validated. But if somebody asks me what I like, I will go on for hours telling you what I like, you know? Right. And then I notice the people on the other end kind of get glossy eyed if it doesn't align with their preferences. So I think that's kind of what we figured with that segment on the show. We never really discussed it. It was just kind of like... I say what I like, and you let it go in one ear and out the other. You say what you like, I let it go in one ear and out the other. And the listeners probably do the same exact thing. But we both feel good that we got to share something that nobody cares about.
1: You know? That's that's sad and and wrought with vanity. But um, true I, for music, though. I will say this: I think there's, I think if they do a tweak on this concept, it'll work. I think if Surfing or Stab or whoever takes this idea to actual video editors and goes. Hey, we know it's hard to get clearance for certain music, like the Beatles or the Stones or whoever it is, like the Foo Fighters or whoever the hot new band is. That's they're going to be um, perhaps reluctant to. First of all, it'll be hard to even maybe reach them and get a hold of them to buy license to buy the music to put yeah. on your surfing clip. So my question is to like the Taylor Steeles of the world or or who's the hot filmmaker? Kai buddy? Neville. Kai Neville. Kai is a great Steel example. Protege. Right, a great example. Ask them. What's the one bit of music that you wanted to use for a clip that you weren't allowed to use? You didn't get the rights or you couldn't reach the artist or their lawyers or whatever. And then have them do a little black market ghetto Mm two-minute thing with that music and go, wouldn't that have been great? Now, I don't know how legal that is, but they just put Black Sabbath on Chippa Wilson's thing. Yeah, that's true. Well,
0: Kai is... um, Probably connected. Well, Kai has said that he goes over budget buying music licensing like he has specific things he falls in love with and it's just like i don't care if this costs 30 grand i'm using this
1: good for him and
0: well i think there's been a few filmmakers who use music that surf filmmakers they use music that i would never choose on my own and i wouldn't even like if i was forced to listen to it but because it's so appropriately used with the surfing i fall in love with the song you know, I become endeared to the song, and a couple of those Kai- like the Little
1: River Band. <laughs> yeah, Little River. <laughs> There's a scene in an old Quicksilver movie with Wayne Lynch that the Little River Band plays. What song is it? Oh, it's it's like some. I'll, I'm not going to be able to come up with it right oh, now, but man. I'm going to be. I'll we'll search it and figure it okay. out. But.
0: okay, LBR
1: or LRB. The Little River Band is a band I would never listen to. Never, but but you listen to the song and eventually you're like. Okay, you know what? Yeah, this song because of the clip, it's pulling on my heartstrings.
0: There's such a good. There's a see- scene.
1: There's a Wayne Lynch scene where he's feeding dolphins in the shallows of a lagoon, and this little river band comes on. It's from an obviously from an old Quicksilver movie called like Storm Riders or.
0: Is it Storm- reminiscing?
1: It might be. If I heard the song, I'd tell you. I what. mean,
0: reminiscing's their one big hit. Um, there's Are a. Are you gonna play it for us? Yeah, there's a great sequence in um the other guys, which is a Will Ferrell film, where he always plays.
1: I know that movie. No, it's not the song. It's not the song. Oh, I'm gonna zoom. You know, you like the song, dude. It's so good, dude. <laughs> Do you like it because of the movie with Will Ferrell? Or? It was funny in the movie
0: with yeah. Will Ferrell for sure. But, dude, there's a. This is a good song, There's yeah? a cache of like old 80s cheese ball songs that I will roll up the windows and okay, sing. Okay, you are heart officially of old.
1: You need to roll the windows down and be proud of it.
0: No, I'm embarrassed.
1: Come out of the Little, Little River Band closet, my friend. But check out this Wayne Lynch. Hopefully we'll be able to find the song, but it might even be Christopher Cross or something Oh, like Sailing Away. It's not sailing. sailing. It's not that one, but it, it might be a Christopher Cross song, but if it's Little River or Christopher Cross, but...
0: Yeah. Um well, at any rate, what I was going to say is um, some songs that I absolutely love that I wouldn't necessarily love by filmmakers. Kai Neville's one of them. The other one is just all the stuff that Marine Layer Productions did for a couple of years. Dane Reynolds and Minnie yeah. Blanchard. Yeah. It's like they would use music that was so esoteric and strange that I would never come across. But it all worked perfectly with Dane Surfing and Jason's lo-fi style of editing you know and i ended up then finding that music and listening and it became part of my repertoire
1: you know you could argue that that's the power of some of these surf video clips i mean 20 years from now you're going to hear that song and be stoked and you might not even remember what the surfing was you know yeah. and that's sort of the case with like some of these other songs that we that you come across thanks to these surf edits yeah and five years from now you ah, oh, i know that song from somewhere i really like it and i want to listen to it and i might buy the cd or download the music or whatever it is right but I don't remember the surf video clip. I think it was Yadon Nickel somewhere or whatever. Mm-hmm. Actually, Yago Dora says that in this thing. He, he says, look, I like to listen to Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. I'm not even into this music, but this guy who did the edit for me put this song in there, and I really like this song. Mm-hmm. And now I'm opening up to this band that I would never would have, totally. you know, like yeah. you said.
0: Yeah, totally. No, that's a great point.
1: Very good. Um,
0: do you want to talk about the Billabong Pro?
1: No, I want to talk about Surf Snowdonia, hmm. which has apparently shut down for maintenance reasons. Already, we've had like one or two weeks in, and they've they've had to I, they literally pull the plug and drain the thing six million gallons. Oh, so you're a hip to this story? Well,
0: they are my kook, but oh Uh, yeah go for it yeah well We'll, that's basically all i have
1: is that they're they're down for maintenance issues they've they're booked all the way through you know till school starts which i guess is this week and they've had to basically cancel all of these appointments lose a ton of revenue it's sort of the worst case scenario you know you want to at least be running for three months and into the winter before this a maintenance issue happens but but also just like a new boat this is where you work out all the issues with these things. Is the first three months, you know, you you know, generally
0: keep, not when people have flown halfway around well, the world to ride that boat.
1: Regar- irreg- no, not irregardless. Regardless of that, <laughs> that this is when these issues occur in new in new technology, you know, physical yeah. technology. Where you're like, okay, let's work out the. Yeah, you would I, have hoped they would have worked them out before. Exactly. Booking. Yeah, and so here's, but they were against budget, and they had timelines, and they had probably. to make you know. So, um, I
0: interviewed Tom Resvin last week to talk about oh, his experience. We yes. talked about him. Yes. Um, he was the first surfer to actually ride that wave at its, like, proper size. Yeah. Um, What's
1: the proper size? They're calling it two meters, which is, what, five and a half feet? Yeah. It was is like, that a five and a half? No. Yeah, it's like no. a three-foot wave. Yeah. It's like sh- waist-to-shoulder
0: high, you know,
1: basically. Well, that's, that's good. Waist-to-shoulder speed. Yeah.
0: Good. So, he... He wrote it, you know, a week or two prior to them opening to the public to give them feedback and all that sort of thing. And um, so you can listen to that episode, it was last week's episode, if people want to listen. But basically, he said that he's also surfed that wave in the United Arab Emirates. Way better? No, not way better. But he's like, dude, that, that pool in the desert in the middle east is in 100 degree weather beyond 100 degree weather super rugged elements all day every day and it works perfectly like if any mechanical breakdown was going to happen it would happen in that environment he's like i don't know what they do to keep it from breaking down whether it's air conditioned or whatever but he's like it's really unacceptable for snowdonia to have this major of a catastrophic malfunction this early in the game and he goes especially like he said when people flew around the world, spent tons of money. They're only going to be there for three or four days and you can't ride the thing at all. It's like people are out tons of money. Tourists are. Yeah. So bad PR for yeah. you know, Surf
1: Snowdonia. and um, The general North Wales region. Exactly. <laughs> the Chamber of Commerce guy is like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. North Wales is now the new place for outdoor enthusiasts yeah. or whatever he said.
0: Right. Because there's a bunch of things to do there other than just surf. Tons of outdoor stuff. But... Um in the weeks prior to closing the park, you know, the few weeks that they were open, they were receiving a 1000 visitors a day and I guess 3500 surfers overall in that period of time. So, it's a lot of people whose plans got bumped for the closure. And I
1: think Beach Grit, I don't know if you saw, I think Derek Riley or one of those guys at Beach Grit did this. They saw a review on Sir Snowdy, Snowdonia. Um by just your average Joe guy that has a blog. It wasn't okay. like a review for, you know, any major you know news yeah. surf news outlet or whatever and he came across it and he found it refreshing that it was sort of a letdown the guy wrote this blog and he was kind of like you know what it it was lame really and, and again i can't you know word for word or even paraphrase what how the thing went down but check beach grit cuz he basically cut and paste the whole blog sure. on there and um it's pretty interesting
0: interesting yeah resi said it's fine like as a wave if you compared it to something in the ocean it's kind of like malibu or lowers like a blend of the two Mm -hmm. where it is kind of like a reeling point break but a little bit soft and like you know those waves sometimes that are like soft but fast so you can never quite frustrating yeah you can never quite get a good crack on them it's like you're racing but then you tap it and you're like crap i should have bashed that thing but I didn't have time to do a bottom turn. I just needed to make the section and that's kind of the
1: position. And that's I told you that there's you know, the wave energy out on the shoulder is nil. Right. You have to be in the zone. So when you go out onto the shoulder, you all of a sudden you're out in this like dead zone. Even though you're on a a relatively vertical wave face, there's just not a lot of energy there. And that's part of the problem.
0: Yeah, exactly. He said he was riding like EPS, you know, because it's fresh water as well. So you just need like lightweight. You need different equipment, basically, to surf fresh water. So when I did that interview, by the way.
1: Razzy, what did he have to say?
0: he has a lot
1: to I know say. that guy's a talker I'm telling you
0: I think we squeezed an hour and a half interview into 45 minutes nice no joke but it's amazing because I don't even have to ask questions
1: yeah he I just ask, rolls I
0: ask one question and then I'll have like in my notes 20 questions and he'll just ping pong them like he'll hit them without me even asking I just sit there nodding and then he'll come to like an abrupt stop the well, listeners must have been happy <laughs> no they loved it actually I mean honestly, less David great more resty. exactly <laughs> i see what you're saying oh, so anyway um he'd come to like an abrupt stop and then i'd kind of like z- you know zoom back in and be like oh and then i'd have to scan my notes to figure out which of the 20 questions he didn't quite and which fits into the narrative now and it's um less work for me in certain ways but more work in others but yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a great great guest People yeah i always like him
1: yeah
0: uh w- interestingly we're, we recorded this interview in huntington beach in a little side street um kind of back alley seating area outside of co- a coffee place and in that 45 minutes rusty long walked by little cameo appearance ryan turner walked by little cameo appearance and i was like you know it is surf city usa but i i take it for granted and i caught probably could have gone down to the pier and watched sippo surf that day if i wanted to and whoever else courtney conlog and That's kind of a rare thing. I, you know, it's it's common for you and I in Southern California to be around all these pro surfers and they're just cruising and part of the scenery. But for people listening to the show around the world, it's probably awesome. You know, to think that you can just be at the beach and have pros come through at any given time. Be like you're going to play a pickup game of basketball at the park and LeBron's playing on the court next to you.
1: Not LeBron, more like no, more like you know a guy who rides the bench for. (laughs) <laughs> you know the milwaukee bucks wow no seriously Straight burning no i'm not but i mean rusty you, long it, right no now. the question is what is a pro surfer is my point like a
0: guy who makes a living riding a surfboard
1: well I, I don't know that ryan turner makes a living maybe he does
0: he was actually on his break from the sugar shack at yeah the time. and rusty <laughs> was
1: there because he works for reef he's a sales rep right and so you know it'd be one thing if you know, okay. Kelly and Julian Wilson walked by you. Then maybe it's like LeBron. I've seen That's them. That's LeBron. I've seen them there I have too. too. But you didn't. My point is, is that
0: not while we were recording. But we point is, we have seen those guys paddle out. I mean, I've been surfing 54th Street randomly, and Julian shows up. Yeah. You know, and so you you have a good point as well. I'll recant my original wording and say, surf celebrities walk by. Not pro surfers. Well,
1: I mean, and maybe they are pro surfers. You know, we always get into this conversation. It's just like, you're a dude. You're a pro surfer. I mean, like, what does it take? What is the? I definitely am not. You make more money from surfing than some people might,
0: but not from the act of riding the surfboard.
1: Right, well, either does Ryan Turner or Rusty long or but you still they consider why way. do you consider them pro surfers? And, because they
0: started that way so I still retired, view them that way, so
1: they're retired
0: unofficially, I just view them as being a professional, pro but I mean, I, I totally understand what you're saying. My point is just that it's rad to be around all these people at all times, and well, we, we take it for granted
1: it It's very cool to be around Rusty Long because he's such a great person hmm. um I don't know Ryan Turner, so I don't know what it's yeah. like to be around him, yeah, but.
0: free that's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free terms and conditions apply Ryan, for those who don't know ryan and his brother timmy their parents own the sugar shack which is a restaurant on main street in huntington beach and it's kind of a main and timmy's
1: a great guy I love that guy yeah He's i mean a-
0: his stuff the films that he was making back you know in the mid-2000s were incredible timmy turner the was last it?
1: time i saw him he was feed me oatmeal at the sugar yeah, shack exactly. i love that
0: guy. that's the thing he'll put and he's in, the coolest guy in the world he'll put in months at his family's business and then go to indo for months yeah what was the name of that movie I can't, oh second thoughts
1: Maybe. second thoughts is the name few. of timmy
0: turner where he like rather than going and riding on a fancy boat like scott bass does in indonesia wearing <laughs> oh a visor timmy goes God. and like camps out on the beach has to hike to spots cook a goat for dinner you know that sort of stuff that yeah. video is rad yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. there's there's been a line of you know a line of thought regarding you know what is feral you know like f- is forced feral feral or you know there's
0: different degrees of feral
1: and ferality and, and what is adventure surf travel you know i don't know um adventure basically means that you have to rough it and it's uncomfortable okay and if you don't rough it and it's not uncomfortable it's not adventurous well
0: i took i got a perfect segue I did an adventure through the Central Coast the last few days, like Wednesday through Saturday. Why
1: was it adventurous?
0: Because I had to rough it, to your point.
1: The Central Coast of California.
0: Yes. What did you
1: do? (laughs) Would you have to go to an IHOP instead of a Denny's or what's the deal? (laughs) (laughs) Both
0: of those are roughing it, by the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not for you. Denny's is an upgrade. Um, Waffle House?
0: So check it. My dad was going to be in Monterey. And I was like, on Saturday. So I'm like, oh, I'll come up and meet you in Monterey. You know, just hang out. But I left. It's a five-hour drive. I left on Wednesday to make it to Monterey on Saturday, and I just figured I'll camp in the Central Coast along the way. I kind of been interested in camping; I haven't done it for a few years, and so I. I
1: <laughs> it. Why were you interested in camping all of a sudden? If you haven't done it for a few years, because I read you that. Dusted book. off. Some, yeah, yeah. Oh, you. I read a
0: Finnegan's book. No, dude, uh. no. But I do want to read that. It's even more embarrassing. I'm going deep into the depths right now of David. But okay, what do you read? I read that book Wild. It's the Reese Witherspoon made a movie about it a couple, like last year or something. The book is phenomenal. The girl goes off the. Yeah, this girl who's like at her life's like turning
1: point it's kind of like into the wild by crack hour it is a little bit
0: yeah she's like Same, heroin addict leaves her husband her mom dies of cancer she needs to like rediscover herself so this book got you into camp so she <laughs> hikes the pacific crest trail yeah and i That's read it pretty cool yeah it's she does like a thousand mile
1: hike or something but she, anyway is she detoxing well or is she already
0: detoxed she had already
1: detoxed okay
0: but still like she's fully trying to find herself
1: find some spiritual totally. awakening
0: and she does and
1: did you spoiler alert, camping
0: yeah took me
1: two days <laughs> Only two days, and no Pacific Coast Trail. That's what <laughs> I have to do to you, dude. I have is a spiritual awakening. Two days, dude. I literally, so
0: that's the joke is like, I was like, I'm going to camp through the week, like through Wednesday, <laughs> and then I'm going to meet up with my dad. Dude, after two days of camping, which by the way, wasn't even that bad at all, I was like, I booked a hotel the <laughs> yeah, third night. You're like, I
1: found God, I'm booking a hotel. <laughs>
0: Doesn't take me long. I'm a fast learner, Good you know? For you. But it was like, it was definitely rad, like, just hiking into surf spots with nobody out in the water. There's a lot of kelp and it's a little creepy out there super by yourself. Creepy. And like, it was super creepy, dude. Yeah. I had a few moments where I felt just as scared enough to like be very grateful for Orange County. There you go. You know? Which
1: brings into account, you know, a lot of people, I've said this with you before, people go, why is surfing so great? Well, one of the reasons is, is what you experienced. You went into the food chain, mm-hmm. right? You were freaked out. When yeah. you got back on land, you were like, you know, doing a little Hail Mary. Yeah. And just stoked that, you know. Stoked that I can climb into my vehicle with heated
0: seats. Yeah, like the, you know, simple, like the simple
1: things in life. Exactly. You know, stoked that your iPhone got you to the next aisle. Exactly.
0: <laughs> poor reception out there, by the way.
1: <laughs> that sucks. Dude, I literally. You know where there's poor reception? On an island in Indo with <laughs> Timmy Turner. That's where there's poor reception. Seriously, did
0: not eat one meal at the campsite. Like I, I, I hop
1: all the way. Baby. No,
0: I hop either. I was using Yelp and finding uh, it's all ag- well. It's all agricultural area, so there's actually
1: really good food and, and wine and coffee, co- coffee, coffee, coffee yeah. like some like local coffee houses.
0: Yeah, locally roasted or whatever. But um, garlic coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gilroy, Car- garlic capital. There's a lot of capitals by the way around that area. Yeah, artichoke capital pistachio capital ihop capital yeah you're what's your ihop (laughs) thing you're super into ihop right now dude did you not eat breakfast today or something
1: okay next topic then billabong pro or no the auction dude the auction's coming up big auction california gold vintage surf auction this is the whole auction segment are you prepared for this
0: you have been a busy bee dude i know i've been too busy it's been crazy too busy too busy to go on surf adventures
1: so this is the segment where yes, the answer is yes. No surf adventures. There's been no surf. The waves have been. It's been the worst summer ever. Yeah. Right. I brutal. mean, that whole central you say coast. Thing, a lot, No,
0: that central coast thing was kind of a bust. Like I surfed because I was there to surf, but did no. not get waves.
1: No. And the water temperature. Warm, dude.
0: All the way into Monterey, it was in the low 60s. Nice, if you can believe. I've never. Seen I do that believe before.
1: that. Yeah, I know it's it's pretty rare, and there's been a lot of El Nino talk, and. um and, uh, yeah, again, the surf in Southern California, especially in San Diego, has been just dismal for probably two months, I would say. Yeah, Maybe brutal. more. Brutal. But um, the auction. So the the idea here is for, uh, well, first of all, it's a California Gold Vintage Surf Auction. It's presented by Griff's, hashtag groom like Griff.
0: I have no idea what you're talking
1: about. Griffs is a grooming barbering product. Oh, I see. Made by surfers for surfers and for everybody else for that matter.
0: Barbering product. What's the product? Like pomade hair thing? Yeah. Everything?
1: Like like, you know, like a grit for your hair yeah. and like a scalp like a cleanser.
0: Oh, okay. Clean it's a cleaner.
1: Yeah, there's a scalp cleanser, there's a scalp conditioner, there's a there's a sh- you know, shampoo, like the whole deal, you know. Sweet.
0: Yeah. Give you the surf look.
1: Yeah, you need some Griffs, based on what I'm seeing right here, like
0: this backlash you, from the you visor? Need, you
1: need a visor. Basically. Backlash from the visor? Here, just put dude. it on. Just yeah. go ahead, put it
0: on. That will not touch my head. Oh, my gosh. First of all, that I'm handing filthy. him the
1: visor right now. I want to get lice, dude. Come on. <laughs> oh, my. All right, perfect. Oh, this guy just worked me. Um, the auction is coming up. So there's so many. We have 62 live auction surfboards. Okay. I'm very excited about it. And I want to tell you about some of them, but I'm hoping that we can turn this into a segment somehow. So maybe you can just like, I'll tell you what, do you want to hear? What do you want to hear about? Do you want to hear about the world championship set? That's probably in your wheelhouse.
0: Whatever you want to pitch. The
1: world championship set includes surfboards of and by Tom Carroll, Sean Thompson, Martin Potter, Tom Curran. Who am I missing? Uh, Maybe one other.
0: So they're all part of a set. you got to buy the lot.
1: No. They're each individual lots, but it's under the umbrella of got the it. world champions World Champions set. Got it. So we've got these great boards by these guys. and um,
0: Boards that they rode in competition?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, Tom Carroll's is this really killer um, Simon Anderson-shaped energy single fin from his uh, rookie season on the North Shore. We've got great photographs of him riding it at Pipeline in the Pipe Masters, uh he, I ta- I've been talking with Tom about the board a little bit on Facebook and he's been telling me some great little anecdotes about that final heat at the at the pipe masters where Larry Blair and Sean Thompson and these guys were like you know basically veterans and they were kind of icing him and pushing him too deep and mm. I think Tom I'll have to look at my notes but I think he got third or fourth in the final yeah but here's this rookie kid on tour you know, in the finals at the Pipe Masters, and we've got the board from that session, and um, it's in great shape. It's beautiful, and uh, it's just one of the neat boards that, you know, that I love history, as you know. I'm a big nonfiction reader, and each one of these boards has got so much history attached to it, and all 62 boards in the auction are filled with provenance, so this is one of those boards. And, um, you know, we've got the Saint model, Martin Potter. This isn't Martin Potter's personal board, It's a board that was built by Glenn Pang in the mid 80s. Uh, It's a great representation of what Martin Potter rode. Martin Martin Potter signed this board. So we have this great um, town and country with the classic Saint paint job, you know, that green and yellow sort of new wave vibe paint job. Um, We've got, of course, the Tom Curran board, right, which is the most incredible stickerless reverse V board that Tom rode. Through the Hollyva Pro to Victory and then it's historically an the important next, board. Yeah, well they all are historically important, I think. But this one, because of the Tom Survey image, which is considered by some like the the most classic surf picture ever, um, you know, this board has got a lot of a lot of mojo. Yeah. And Maurice Cole shaped it.
0: Right. So tell me about the auction itself. Um, how long has it been going on? Is it once a year?
1: The auction's biennial, okay, which is every two years. Got it. It's been going on since probably 2001 Okay, was the first one.
0: So there's been seven of these thus far or something to that effect.
1: Randy Rarick held them in Hawaii until 2011 and basically handed the reins over to myself and to the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center to... um, You know, take on the heavy load and randy helps me find the boards and get the boards um, up to auction speed
0: he's like american pickers guys he is he knows everybody he's been everywhere and like has more access and i would assume too as the auctions gain steam over time people probably see numbers boards fetching higher and higher numbers and if they have something like that in their garage probably a little more apt to part ways with it
1: yeah well you know from from an investment standpoint, they're great investments. You know, they don't lose... There's only so many of these boards. These aren't boards that are mass-produced yeah, exactly. by a computer. These are hand-shaped boards by Jerry Lopez, by, you know, all sorts of legends, George Downing. You know, just the, the list is endless. I could go on and on. And I wouldn't want to leave anyone out. But um, so, if, yeah, from an investment standpoint, if you have one of these in your garage, you're, you're sitting pretty. Oh, yeah. You know, and so we're excited. I mean, there's just so many great boards. I've got this list here. I don't know... If any of it interests you,
0: well, where can people access that list?
1: Well, let's do I'm that. in the process of building the program, which means writing the copy for the program, the words that describe the boards, and mm-hmm. getting the pictures made. So the program will be available and online within two weeks.
0: What, what's the website?:
1: The com. When does it take place?: The com, September 26th Excellent. in Culver City.
0: You said those are live auctions. Um, can people access or bid online?
1: You cannot bid online. You have to be at the auction okay. to bid. But if you're, like, say, in England and you want to buy a board, you can have a proxy bidder there for you. Got it. Um, somebody like yourself, David Lee Scales, you could go there and be the proxy bidder for somebody in England or on the East Coast or wherever. Got it. And we're going to have a bunch of legends there. Of course, Sean Thompson will be there. Tom Kern will be there. Barry Kaniapuni will be there. Um, Greg Knoll will be there. Mickey Munoz will be there. Maurice Cole. Hopefully, Tom Carroll will be there. I've been chatting with Tom. Tom might be here for the Lowers event. It's right after the Lowers event. Smart. So there'll be a bunch of guys in town. Um, who knows? You know, Maybe some of these B-listers from Huntington Beach will roll up and we can <laughs> hobnob with them. I
0: suppose when you put those names in the mix, it does make uh, my cameos feel very inadequate.
1: It's going to be a fun time. Yeah. And... Um the auction the auction the auction Dave's <laughs> it, like let's it. move away from got the, the auction, auction dude he's like it. what's the website
0: what's the date okay next perfect oh, uh, man. well it's because I'm excited about the Billabong Pro man we're going into right. the final day we need yeah. to wrap up this show in the next 30 minutes because it's going to start at okay.
1: 1030 and I want to watch it okay you're down I'm down with it I know where you're coming you're, yes the answer is yes okay of course Billabong Pro Billabong Pro. So they went on seven day lay
0: day seven lay days, and they just resumed competition yesterday. Uh, by the time people listen to this, a winner will have been chosen. But there's a few things I'd like to discuss about the event thus far. Okay. Every time they do the morning call, and Rosie Hodge is sitting with Kieran Perot in the channel. Yeah. She goes. So, Kieran, are we going to get today's competition underway? The first word he always says is yes. Even on the lay days, she'll be like, so, you know, it's kind of, there's a bit of storm out there today and the waves aren't so good. Are we going to get today's competition underway? He goes, yeah, you know, there is a bit of a storm out there today. He'll say yeah to like validate whatever it was she was talking about. But I'm like, no, don't use the exact (laughs) opposite word. Her final question out of her mouth is, are we going to resume competition Meaning the first word out of your mouth needs to be no, because it throws me off every single time. I encourage listeners go back watch all the morning shows. He does it every single time, and it's driving me insane.
1: How absolutely beautiful is Rosie Hodge, by the way? Like she's gorgeous. She's like, like they should, they could definitely use more Rosie Hodge on that thing. Like,
0: Well, even I mean, smart, articulate, all nuanced, of all of it. But I agree. I know she's beautiful, and then the camera she's cuts to her, and I'm like, incredibly beautiful, like in a trance.
1: And and is are Ronnie Blakey and her like they are destined to get married and have no. beautiful children? Like it no, seems no. like that's the case. She's in a
0: long term relationship with a local San Clemente dude.
1: You're kidding me? No, she lives here. Oh, really?
0: We're in San Clemente right now, by the way.
1: Oh, Wow. Um,
0: yeah. No, she's well, who's the lucky guy? I don't need to. Oh, you air know? There. Him. No, I don't know him, but like he's in the circle. Like I know people that know him and all that right. sort of stuff.
1: Well, um, he's a lucky guy. Whoever it is, I can't totally. believe you're holding it back right now and you're not telling us because. <laughs> cuz you are you're, you're like afraid that he's going to find out you were talking about their relationship on the air and that's you're going to be he's like not, shunned or something dude, he's not a public figure it's not like you know I Probably. She is, therefore he is. <laughs> That's true. I mean, look at uh, Oprah's we, dude. What's his name? Stedman, of yeah, course. Yeah, Stedman. Like, who the hell's that? I don't know. I couldn't Oprah's pick him dude. out of the lineup. Yeah, he's but, Oprah's dude. Yeah, he's Oprah's dude. So who's Rosie's dude?
0: Well, you know, this if we want to go down that route, we can. We can nah, be the TMZ look. of nah, surf culture. I,
1: nah, nah. Okay, you, you know what? You've righted the ship. Okay. I won't go there, but I just want to say that she's gorgeous. Unbelievable. And, and, and well,
0: while I won't call him out, I will comment on how beautiful his <laughs> yeah. girlfriend is. And
1: she's smart. She's all those things she said. And so, why not put her in the seat instead of some of these other people? That- <laughs> they have been.
0: It seems like she's been getting more and more airtime. Um, she's proven herself. She's, she's incredible. Fantastic. I agree
1: completely. I think overall, like the production has improved. By the way, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. did you hear, see what Matt Warshaw wrote about Rosie Hodge? No. So Matt Warshaw, did you see the thing on Beach Crit that he did? I've seen various things. Well, well, recently he wrote a thing about the commentary, probably oh, after no. the first round of the Billabong Pro. Okay, he was like, I did not. It was his time to pick the low-lying fruit and diss the WSL commentators. And he went on and... He basically, you know, let me try to find. Oh, so he goes, this is on Beach Grit. He goes, Martin Potter's jaw-grinding voice sounds as if it's been filtered through six espresso shots and a migraine headache. Ross Williams has me considering preemptive adenoidal surgery for my son. Todd Klein, is he a car salesman? (laughs) And then he says, Rosie Hodge, question mark. Who can even hear her above the angel choir and the softly strumming lutes? (laughs) <laughs> Which is exactly right. You don't even really hear what she's saying. I just, I just that is picture her. That is so solid.
0: Um, oh, well, God. And okay. then he
1: rips on Joe Turpel. I
0: disagree with everything that he said other than the Rosie Hodge bit. Like, I mean, he's got a point, and it is very funny, but I don't feel that same way at all. I think those guys are doing a
1: fantastic job. Well, that, look, I, he, he sort of does, too. Initially, he wrote something completely different, it was on a totally different line of thought and he chimed in a little bit at the end about the WSL commentators. Then Beach Grit, Derek Riley goes, Matt, the only thing you said that I was interested in was the WSL commentators. Can you pontificate more or elaborate, I should say. And so then for Beach Grit, Matt elaborated and this is where this came out. But he sort of, um, you know, there was a caveat to it in that he said, hey, look, you know, these guys, what they do is hard. Yeah, This is low-lying fruit, I get it. Beach Crit wanted me to comment. Yeah. Wanted my commentary to continue on this so I did and this is his these are his thoughts. I mean you and should I, hear I, I like Joe Turpel, he goes off on Joe Turpell basically saying, you know, this is Joe has it coming by the way. During during a trifling round two heat between a couple of backbenchers, Peter Mell from the channel reported that he wasn't sure if Glenn Simpson was or was not riding a quad. And Terpel replied, "Thanks for the insight, Pete." At which point, a rhesus monkey began flinging itself against the opposing sides of my skull because Mel's comment was exactly, definitely, almost scientifically, the opposite of insightful. And Terpel hurts me on both a professional and personal level.
0: It's that's so Matt true. That's
1: Matt that's pretty good because... It's pretty accurate. You know, Joe does... I mean, like I, you and I have talked about this. There could be an earthquake and a tsunami, and Joe would be like, Hey, look at that beautiful wave rolling in. Exactly.
0: You know? But with, with subdued passion like somebody'll get blown out and he'll just be like wow what a great barrel you know and it's not like screaming at the top he's not jumping out of his seat ever yeah. he's just that yeah i i fully but agree. But like
1: and i even commented with i I chime back and forth with Matt about it I, and he he gets it i was like you know low lying fruit easy to do let's tr- let's try to solve the problem and, and and you know of course by the way i've been leading the discussion on WSL commentators on this show downline radio as far back as like 2004 at one point i scribed that that gt somebody should mix in a morning ambient with his decaf because he just at the mouth and my point is is that that's not that clever it's just that it's easy low-lying fruit these guys what these guys do is difficult and 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 so my commentary i don't know if i've told you this before but My feeling is what they should do is pick the A team. At this point, we think it might be Ron Blakey and Ross Williams, but they could get rid of Ross and put Rosie. It would be great if it was Ronnie Blakey and Rosie Hodge. We wouldn't even have a color commentator. It would just be two analysts. Ronnie can do the color commentator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you pick the number one team, whatever it is. Maybe it's Joe and Martin. It doesn't matter. Whoever they deem the number one, it does matter, really. Sure. And they hold them back. We don't even see them until – Say round five on. And of course they've been watching the show the, the broadcast or the
0: condensing contest. down into and, a, and
1: they've been getting their opinions yeah. sorted and the production staff in the back end is now getting all the b-roll for them that they can go, Hey, remember in round one we saw Kelly do this and here's my thoughts on that. And of course that takes place during the downtime in those heats when there's not any ways being written and we need to yeah. fluff it up somehow right so we hold on to those guys so you and i the viewers don't get them we don't get you know um you know bob costas until the the last couple yeah innings until it's it. important i get it and i think that would do a lot to- rather than
0: just re- alternating every three hits. Right. yeah you know um strider seems to be the gt replacement in terms of just being that over-frothed, can't get a sentence out of his mouth without it stumbling upon the previous sentence.
1: I wouldn't even tell you what Matt wrote about Strider. Well, I don't even have it here. I was embarrassed to say it because I like Strider. I think he's a great guy, but he, he I is. think everything's been said about Strider that needs to be said.
0: But he's actually improved, and I feel like they found a role for him that's perfect, which is sitting in the channel. In the, the water, channel, yeah. And then pitching to him and go, hey, what's it like to paddle into a set wave at Chopu? And he breaks it down because he can speak eloquently and passionately about paddling into a set wave at Chopu. Whereas Ross can analyze the numbers much more accurately. You know what I mean? So I think that they... I think
1: Ross probably does just as good a job. He's dropped into waves at Chopu. Um, I'm not saying he's as good a surfer as Strider is out there. I think he is. (laughs) But my point is is that... Yeah, I agree. Ross can break it down just as good. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather see Rosie in the channel telling me about how hard it is to paddle into a wave at Chopu.
0: Pete Pete Mel kind of does a
1: similar (laughs) thing, but they give
0: him like the forecast bit and the surfboard bit. Like, those are his areas of expertise. They need to open that up. But he's a big wave world champ. Like, he could just as easily talk about getting waves at Chopu.
1: Absolutely. And I basically, what Matt said about Strider, I'll just break it down, was that. Strider's proved positive that the WSL doesn't want to improve their product. Ooh. The fact that he's still around. Oh, That's from Matt, not from me. Wow. But it's it's sort of, you know, if they want to improve their product, certainly there's lots of places you could go, and that might be one of them.
0: Well, I was surprised this season when they did not bring back, I mean, I was not surprised when they did not bring back Pat Parnell. I thought that was smart. But, I heard that but- was a
1: money thing. Oh, that he well, wanted a lot more money and they weren't willing to pay it, not to mention he called Julian Wilson Owen Wilson and Owen Wilson, oh, Owen Wright. a million mistakes, yeah. yeah.
0: But when when they made a few cuts like that, I thought that uh, Strider might have gotten the axe at that point, but he, when he came back, it felt like he got coached up and like he had improved his product and all that sort of thing. But I agree, not to the point of um, Ronnie Blakey's professionalism, who is the male version of Rosie Hodge, as you pointed out.
1: Yeah, they should have children, quite frankly, like... That's I'm like not a. Gonna that's something that. you would see on beach. I grid. mean,
0: if, if humanity wants to improve their product, <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> oh my!
0: So, uh, what else about the Billabong Pro? Did you have thoughts about it? Let's. One thing is um, that relates to you and your boardroom show and surfboards. Josh Kerr is winning on an asymmetrical surfboard that he shaped, quote unquote, probably helped shape um, with Rusty. Yeah. And we've talked about in the past. He's ridden asymmetrical boards out there and. You know, we've got, um, in San Diego, in your hood, you've got Carl Ekstrom, who had the patent on asymmetrical boards. You have um, Ryan Birch here in San Clemente. We have Donald Brink, who's been a... By the way, Donald Brink
1: is on a Coors Light commercial on national TV. What? I swear to God, I saw Donald Brink on like the Golf Channel or something. Sorry, on the Golf Channel or some place. Maybe, YouTube. I'll maybe, I'll maybe it was it. on NFL Network or no, this was on Are national. You 100% sure yes. it's him. He's Donald Brink him. is in a Coors Light commercial. He ta- he's talking, he's surfing. What? And then they've got like that, you know, that sort of romantic front backlit sunset shot where they're having a coldie as a refreshment and as opposed and then to it says like cores light for more go to Coors light slash brinksurf.com or whatever like wow I,
0: he's like nationally known wow that's crazy is it like an asymmetrical can that they're
1: introducing or something no, <laughs> no it's just it's more of a lifestyle thing like there's this hipster dude with glasses from South Africa that's super smart and you know
0: And has a great PR team apparently or marketing or management he, he, guy. He,
1: he kind of sells himself. He's such a sweetheart that yeah. he, people go, yeah, yeah, I love this guy and he's why he does this and he's smart and he's from South Africa. and That's you know. a
0: story in and of itself, dude. We I'll find that video and try to get it on Surf Splendor Podcast. Call him, oh, call Brink. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Well, so anyways, asymmetry is what we're talking about. And that board that Josh Kerr is winning on is currently being auctioned on eBay. And um, they're going to give the proceeds to charity and the charity for this board is Fleahab.
1: Right, that's what I saw. Fleeva
0: Roscoe's drug rehab program that he's got going on in Santa Cruz. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. Um, Number one, that Kerr's pushing design. And then number two, that they're... donating the proceeds
1: it is cool and he's he's surfing well you know um surfboard wise the thing that i'm really looking at is that kelly slater's riding this weber four fin this quad fin and it's kind of neat you know and quite frankly i keep waiting for the board to not work and it seems to be working pretty good for him
0: yeah, uh, I I think it was round one, maybe or maybe it was. Yeah, where you were kind of event. going. I was yeah. really
1: studying the board and going. Maybe Kelly's just so good; he's making the board look good.
0: I I want to say it feels longer ago than that. I'm wondering if maybe it was Cloudbreak. He wrote it in round one. He
1: did write it, recently. Yeah, I think
0: it was, and it did not look good, and he lost the heat. And I was like, oh, that was a mistake. But if it is the same board, it's certainly a Weber. Um, he's he is ripping on it now. That yesterday he served really really well yeah in, in both heats yeah that round one drain. wave
1: where he just kind of manned his way through it it was it was, it was um, chandeliering and it crumbling it was
0: the final minute of that round four heat he needed a seven something and he got the score
1: and he just grinded through that yeah. foam yeah and not to mention of course CJ's wave which was just incredible yeah which was just mind bending like Houdini like that moment where you're like Okay, he might make it out. No, there's no way he's making it out. Oh, you know what? The wave's over. Why are they still even showing it? And then he just somehow comes out. You know, that was amazing.
0: Yeah, that was really amazing. And Bruno Santos. You know, I have him on my team.
1: I know Tony Roberts has him on his team. And, you know, yeah. I mean, how can you not take a wild card that's won the event before? That's like not taking Joel Parkinson at J-Bay. I'm pretty upset
0: about... This whole fantasy surfer thing because it is I'm kicking your ass again away out of my grasp <laughs> so badly. And the problem was I picked my team a day or two before the event when Bruno wasn't even on the roster. He wasn't available. I would have easily put Bruno on my team.
1: That's called user error.
0: It is. And instead I put Glenn Hall on my team, oh which I never God. would have done.
1: That's horrible. I
0: know. And so I was so upset. And then I even commented on Tony's Facebook thing that I saw you on. A couple days before the event, I put my... my line up my roster and I was like yeah you know I'm thinking about subbing out Mick I had Mick on my team and replacing him with Gabriel who's cheaper so I can use that extra cash to buy replace Glenn Hall and some of my low end guys and then I didn't do it and then Mick loses in round three Gabriel smokes everybody and that extra money could have been put to good use and I would have got rid of Glenn and now I'd be like riding high and shaming you and instead it's one simple mistake
1: yeah yeah, I'm kicking not your good. ass again. This not, whole season has just been the season of bass, just dominating over David Lee Scales. Not good, dude. Fantasy Surfer. I own it. You know, did
0: I mention I'm actually number one in the women's clubhouse?
1: I <laughs> yeah, forgot. there's only three, and it's think, like you, your mom, and somebody else. I don't think
0: that I mentioned that previously, but <laughs> yeah, you did last are, time. Where, so
1: you're beating me in the men, but what are you number 50? I, I don't or even something? compete. I think you're down in 50. I don't compete position. in the women. I don't even feel the but women's team. But in the men. you're
0: in the 50th position, right? I'm
1: beating you in the men's, yes.
0: I'm I'm like maybe 65th, but you're <laughs> 50, <laughs> there's 50 there's 49 dudes ahead of you whereas in the women's I think I'm where are one. they where
1: are they I don't see them in the room it's just, it's just me and you, you and I you and in I in the right women's now. division <laughs> that's so sad you know <laughs> what you are number one in the women's division I'm gonna make a mem memmy mem, mem- or meme meme I'm gonna make a meme you're laughing at me because I don't even know how to pronounce it that's okay that's alright um, a meme I'm gonna make, make, make a, straight, a meme
0: straight out of wasp town meme <laughs>
1: Well, look, um, Bruno's doing great, and he's surfing great. It's too bad he didn't get through. Gabe. But Gabriel, even the commentators have done a great job of pinpointing that Gabriel seems unstoppable.
0: Well, you know, when the waves were perfect last year, Gabe looked unstoppable. I will also argue when the waves are... Unpredictable like they were yesterday, he's also unstoppable. He has the really nimble ability to go high, go low, dodge chandeliers, which Kelly also has. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if they're opposite ends of the draw, but they're the two guys right now. Um,
1: oh, cool. Owen, Bruno Santos, when he takes off right from the takeoff, he does that real soul arch, standing crazy. straight up. Crazy. That's some style. Dude, he has the wrong style. Right? I thought
0: he had the wrong line on that wave, too. Like, you can soul arch if you have that low line where all you're going to do is stand there and get spit out. He dropped in, like you said, late. And then it was a one that you might have to pump into the high line or something. It was like shifty and weird. He just soul arched through the
1: back door. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I was like, dude, he soul arched over a bump and probably over the foam ball and didn't adjust his position at all. It was gnarly. He just
1: manned it. Like Dane Loa.
0: I thought, so I thought consequently that he was soul arching into a closeout. And then the guy just gets spit out. And I was like, whoa
1: that was the coolest wave
0: really cool and um i would say owen wright is the guy in the third position after gabe and kelly that can win it if the waves are perfect he can win it i don't know that he can really navigate as deftly as
1: gabriel and kelly but he's right there right behind and him. how shallow does it look it is it looks so much shallower than i've ever seen it i mean you can literally well, see like <laughs> the the water running off the reef and it, and it's you can tell it's only six inches deep right there. It is yeah. uber, uber shallow. I think they need to do a better job, and they're trying to convey that to the viewer, that, that where those guys are falling, it is ridiculously shallow.
0: Well, a couple things were said about it. Um, on the west or on the south swell they had the previous rounds or the previous days, it runs differently, and there's a little bit more water on the reef. You know, It doesn't quite close out on the end as much. On this West Swell that started showing up yesterday, it does get super shallow and dumps you on that six inch section. Um, one thing that I found interesting that we haven't commented on too much is Kelly Slater, world's greatest surfer, dominates Chopu. He's won out there multiple times. He gets torn up out there. I mean, surfing takes its toll on you and is very obviously physical, but even the best surfer in the world in round one, he. Got his teeth chattered so hard he thought he knocked out a tooth. He came out of a wave and I think he bailed or maybe it clipped
1: him in it the hit, head. He went down to the bottom and it hit him in the Clip, back. Yeah, or something. exactly.
0: He didn't quite get a chance to pull in and the thing just axed him in the head so hard that he clamped his jaw shut and like his teeth got just like chattered. And he came up feeling his teeth and then paddled up to the photographer and was like, dude, are my teeth still intact? Because his jaw was all sore still. And then later in this last round, or I think it was round three, he hit the reef, cut up his arm pretty badly. I don't know if he needed stitches or not. But, I mean, in the post heat interview, you could see it wasn't just a scrape. And it's kind of like that's just common practice out there. You're going to surf and you're going to get smashed. Yeah. I mean, potentially losing your teeth is legit,
1: dude. Well, people, people die out there. Yeah. I mean, it's that, that's how heavy that spot is. But
0: it's kind of like if he wasn't doing a post heat interview, you wouldn't have known that those two pretty drastic things happened to him. But it does. And it does all the time. Yeah. You know, all around the world, all year long. And that's what those guys do.
1: Yeah. They'd be wise, a producer over there would be wise to do a a segment just on the bumps and the bruises and, Mm -hmm. and what happens to those guys.
0: Not to mention just sea urchins stepping on, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like there's a lot of minor stuff too. So.
1: David Lee Scale's sea urchin segment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How to extract an urchin probe from your foot.
1: As long as Rosie Hodge does it, I'm good with it. I'll watch it. <laughs> oh my.
0: Uh do you have musty moment? Cook do. I do. Oh, I have
1: yeah. a musty moment. It's um it's it's Red Bulls who is J-O-B, Jamie O'Brien 5.0. And last time we sort of ripped on them for lighting him on fire. But this time, uh, at least the one I saw, and maybe you've seen it, the massive mainland Mexico where Shane Dorian and he do dueling two rides together. They get towed in together. So they're on the back of a ski with tow ropes. One's behind the other. And they get towed into the same wave at this massive mainland Mexico beach wow. break, which shall remain nameless. Okay. And everyone knows where it is, but there's no need to talk about it and make it more crowded, but... Um, it's pretty incredible. Dorian and, and Jamie O'Brien in these massive together with both of them with GoPros, you know. So you have the follow behind shot? You've got it all. You've got the follow behind, the in the mouth, you know, both angles. Wow. It's pretty cool. And quite frankly, just the stuff when they're just surfing by themselves is even better, you know, like just mental yeah. toe in.
0: I mean, we've kind of clowned on Jamie on the show a bit. The guy surfs unbelievably well and pushes boundaries in a lot radically and in big waves and whatever but that whole 0 series that he does with Red Bull I have no interest in watching at all because it's too many party antics and also it's way overproduced with just tons of dubstep music and like quick cut edits and flashy graphics and it's like I get sensory overload and I have to turn it off but I want to watch I, like that will be the first episode of that I watch since season 1 and I think they're in season 5 right now
1: yeah, and and you know, I just randomly stumbled upon it um through somebody you know. Yeah. I'm just I'm all about um big mainland Mexico tubes. I wanted amazing. to see that. Yeah. I
0: would love to see that. And I the fact that Shane's in it kind of validates it for then me. Then
1: there's some pretty funny, you know, <laughs> anecdotes or Antics. you know. Yeah, um with you know, they've I guess he's got some like poopsies. Poopsies. Yeah, who's this poopsies guys? He's like his like He's like his clown guy yeah, or something. Totally. Yeah, his and jester. He's his G- court jester, and he, they just send him out into these twenty-foot waves on an inner tube, and he literally almost dies and is like crying. How does that stuff. guy not die? I don't know. But I've I, seen him surf off the wall
0: on skis, literally snow ski or maybe they were water skis, but literally they tow him in on parallel skis on into off the wall, and he just gets smashed.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of sad. Like you kind of just feel like he's being a abused a little bit like, i mean how much money is he making he's getting exploited or something. is he getting paid in red bull i hope he's getting paid i'm sure he is yeah but it's pretty cr- i mean he's literally like putting his life on the line agreed right? completely and then they they do the same with ryan hipwood they tow they convince him to do this thing and ryan hipwood catches the biggest wave of the whole thing on the inner tube it's easily a 20-foot wave and it's just you know how video makes waves look smaller yes like, can you imagine the view this guy had? It must have looked like a forty-foot wave. It was inc- it was just intense. Yeah. So check out the okay two dudes one barrel. Who is Job Five Point by Red Bull? It's pretty damn fun.
0: Uh, it'll be on downthelineradio.com
1: and SurfSplendorPodcast.com. That's right. That's right. A link to it. It's hard to kind I'm, of embed that stuff. I can embed it. Come oh, on, you're man. the man.
0: Come on. Well yeah. then,
1: SurfSplendorPodcast.com. All right. um,
0: my must see moment. Did you see US Blanks Instagram this morning? No. All right, dude, I was wanting to talk about this the last couple of shows, but I didn't want to just brush past it. I thought it deserved like its own discussion. I'm going there. All right, check it. Um, I was down in Costa Rica, Nicaragua last month and spent some time in Nicaragua with these little, these two little girls. Shapeshifters? No. These two little girls, Scott, the most impressive little surfer girls I've ever seen in my life by a country mile. No, Eight in this video on U.S. Blanks Instagram, eight years old and 10 years old, they're now nine and 11, mm-hmm. but they're these blonde haired 40 pound girls that charge the outer reefs, like at Papoyo. when Papoyo looks like Pipeline and is like ledging barreling, yeah. this eight year old girl, watch her get sucked over the falls on the first wave. Oh here.
1: my God. She's getting t- completely worked.
0: Eight years old, dude. It's like a 10 foot proper barreling slab. She wipes out on the drop and you see her little tiny body getting sucked over the falls. These girls charge. Not only do they charge, but they rip. When they're surfing the smaller waves, they're ripping. So the story is Valentina is the older of the two. Uh, Candy, Candelaria, is the younger of the two. They have an even younger sister named Maxie who doesn't really surf. But their dad just charges and so they kind of grew up with him. And... Um, They paddle out without their dad oftentimes into those kind of 10 plus foot surf their mom's on the beach filming. They're just comfortable being in the water like John John was at Pipeline back in the day and they charge. So our group was out there surfing this kind of, it was at um, Colorado's, it was maxed out. It was like 10 plus foot swell, 10 to 15 foot swell. So Colorado's is too big to surf. So you go down the beach, there's a surf called Ponga Drops which is kind of more open ocean style wave, kind of like Sunset Beach, actually. A lot of shifty water moving and kind of a a peak that kind of shifts. And so our group paddles out there and these two girls came with us. And um, our buddy, Eric Kramer, who you might know, ex-pro surfer, the guy still rips. He's paddling into a wave that he was going to back out of. Like literally, like he's paddling into this 10 plus footer, like digging in and all the offshore wind coming up. And he said, Like he was not sure if he should even go because it was a little sketch. He hears this little girl's voice deeper than him, 10 feet deeper, (laughs) on the proper peak go, Hey, Eric, are you going? And he glances over and she's got her head down. 11-year-old girl digging in and just pops up to her feet and takes off into the infinite abyss. (laughs) Eric pulls back, baffled going, Dude, I seriously was going to chicken out of that wave. And I was on the shoulder. Valentina rushing it. And then not only takes off, rips the thing, does a couple of turns to the beach, to the inside section. These little girls are insane. So we spent like four or five days with them. They charged, they ripped. And um, additionally, speak multiple languages, do like judo, do yoga, do all sorts of um, cross-training kind of stuff they're like the most impressive little girls i've ever been around uh they will be world famous at some point it's just they're living in costa rica in anonymity kind of like everybody down there knows yeah but i was baffled like speak perfect english and really interesting stuff too like i was like oh you know i'll send you some video clips and she's 11 years old and she's like oh what file type are they i tell her and she's like oh i'll have to convert them because you know i run this and blah 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 but you can email them can you Dropbox them send them to my email like just very technically proficient sophisticated well-spoken it felt like you're talking to a adult and she's 11 years old but as small as an eight-year-old you know (laughs) crazy
1: does that speak to the the adults that you interact with here in the United States more than probably isn't that the way you should behave my
0: favorite quote from that Tim Ferriss podcast with Laird Hamilton that I was talking about was he's like you know if you're always the smartest dude in the room doesn't mean you're that smart just means you're in the wrong room
1: (laughs) <laughs> that's epic. Speaking of Laird, we've you know the, the classic surfer magazine from two thousand, the oh my god oh, yeah. cover. Millennium Wave. The Millennium Wave. Yeah, Chopu. Yeah, we've got that board. That board's mm. in the auction. That's one of the boards in the auction.
0: Toe in board, obviously.
1: Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, the tow in board. It? Bill Hamilton, his dad. Okay. Yeah, it's incredible. That's a
0: good that's a good get.
1: Yeah. So we've got a bunch of killer boards. It's ridiculous.
0: Well, um, Kook and Duke, my kook of the month or cook of the week is the Snowdonia for closing, obviously, and probably putting a bunch of people um, in a bit of a tissy for traveling. You have a coup? I don't. Okay. I'm sorry. My Duke is Google. For yesterday, putting Duke Konamoku as their banner. When you visited Google, they oftentimes change out the logo. Yesterday was a logo of Duke because it was his 125th birthday. So they paid tribute to Duke.
1: That is pretty cool. And my my Duke is... I mean, it's their Duke for using the Duke. Yeah, my Duke. Duke is um, the guy who did the artwork, Mike Cruikshank. So oh, congrats. I was wondering.
0: It was really good.
1: Yeah. So good job on doing that, Mike.
0: Very cool. Uh, All right. Speaking of 125th birthday, um, Yosemite National Park is having their 125th anniversary on my birthday this year. So I'm going to spend my birthday with their birthday. They literally opened the park. On the day I was born, um, you know, 110 life, years prior life, or something life, like that. Oh my <laughs> God. Not 110, 90, look, years 90 years prior. Look, you're winning
1: the women's prior. fantasy surf, all right? Get over it. So I told you I'm
0: into camping now because of the oh, yeah. like,
1: wild. This is part of that. Yeah, they've got hops there so, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah. I want to go visit Yellowstone. That's on my bucket list. It's
0: on mine, too. I'm going to go for I've sure. 15-hour drive. I already looked into it.
1: I want to go there. I heard no. in September. It's awesome.
0: Okay. Well,
1: you've got a few days to plan your trip, dude. Next September's September. right around the corner. not going to be this September. It's going to be next September. we got the vintage surf auction coming up.
0: I hadn't heard. Yeah. Wow. It's going to be Interesting. I've yeah. never heard of such a thing. Yeah. Do you have any involvement with that at all? <laughs>
1: okay well until next time uh, for David and for Scott adios and aloha just and things and
0: yeah alright right on thank you everybody even though we didn't give you a um, unique show today put a little bit of extra passion and love into my banter with scott just for you for our 100th episode all right so shout out again to all the listeners thanks again for making the show possible continue spreading the love and the good word and we'll keep pumping them out all right i got a good episode for you next week and then of course just follow on social media at surf splendor leave comments on the website surf splendor podcast and uh that's it engage with us oh rate and review the show in itunes that has been really really beneficial to helping the show grow and i think we have like 75 or something reviews i don't know how many ratings but it's like mostly five stars there's a one star and there's a four star in there so um the rest are all five so pretty amazing on yelp that would be a proper five all right so thank you for that and um enjoy your week i will be back next week but until then i am encouraging you Get in the water, no matter how big or how small, catch a couple waves, and shred on.